This is the London Live Podcast. Listen live weekdays from 1 to 3 on 980 CFPL. If you ever played a sport, there are times of the year when you can either walk outside or walk inside. It's one or the other. And something will just trigger your memory and you'll think, oh, yeah. So let's say if you played football and you walk outside right now, you just smell it in the air when the air starts to get a little crisp. Or if you ran cross country in high school, you smell it in the air because the air's got that bite to it. If you played girls basketball at this time of year or boys volleyball at this time of year, you walk into a school and you smell it. There's something about the transition of the air outside and inside. You just think, yeah, and your brain automatically says, yeah, it's that time of year. And that's this time of year for a lot of high school students, but they're not able to take part. It's also that time of year for the coaches who would be participating in all of those sports and others. And one of those coaches is the senior boys volleyball coach at Oak Ridge, Jamie Nielsen. And Jamie wrote something last week, and we talked a little bit about this last week. And if you haven't heard it, I just want to read just a little bit of it. It starts off, today should have been the first day of practice and tryouts for this year's volleyball team. It's been a hard day. In the past, I've woken up on this day excited and full of energy. I can't wait to get going and greet the returning players and meet the new ones trying out, making the first practice plan, sending it out to the coaching staff is always a thrill, thinking ahead for what I will make for dinner today and for the next few weeks, knowing I'm not going to have much time each day, is always an exciting challenge. Driving to the gym, entering the school, walking down the hallway for the first time, seeing players getting ready in the hall, greeting them with a smile, and finally entering the gym always gives me goosebumps. None of that has happened today. It didn't happen on the day that Jamie wrote that. It didn't happen the next day. It didn't happen at any time this week. And it's not going to happen. And that in itself is a big adjustment for everybody who would have been involved. Joining us right now is Jamie Nielsen. Jamie, first off, thanks for sharing all of that sentiment because it it really spelled out how a lot of people, especially young people in their teens, were feeling, whether it was about volleyball or any other activity they were involved in. So thank you. Uh, it's my pleasure, Mike. Thanks for uh, thanks for your kind words and, and thanks for having me. I'm I'm a little blown away with sort of the reaction that I got from a lot of people about what I was feeling and, and what I posted. Tell us a little bit about the reaction. What sorts of things were people saying back to you? I, I've, I've got a lot of, you know, just sort of really just sort of quick one word answers of the first one that I got back was from another volleyball coach and it just said, coach the same. And I, you know, other coaches that we should be playing right now, this time, around this time of year, same thing. Geez, we, I feel the same thing. I miss the students. I miss the players. I miss everybody. And everybody really feels for the kids more than anything. I'm, I'm just a guy. I'm just a coach. And, you know, I'm happy to give my time for, for these players. But it, I just feel so bad for all of them that what they're missing out on, it's, it means so much to me. And I know how I'm feeling missing out. I just, I just can't imagine what they're going through missing it. And 
we might be sitting back, and if you don't have a connection to it, you might be thinking, well, you know, they're still at school, they're still getting their education, isn't that what it's all about? Can you give us some sense of the high school experience, because you are so close to it in this way, of of what something like a sport or a club or an activity means in a student's day? I think back to... It doesn't have, you've got it right there. It doesn't have to be a sport. It can be a club. It can be the band. It can be drama. It can be anything. Even as an adult, not even in high school, think of what it is that you look forward to in the evening when you're done work. Think of what it is that you look forward to doing on the weekend, again, when you're done work. And if you couldn't do that, maybe it's you want to watch your favorite TV show every night. How do you feel when your TV show goes in reruns? How do you feel when it's not on? You know, whatever it is that you look forward to and it's just gone, you can't do it. It leaves a huge hole in your life. It really does. And when I think back to when I was a player at Oak Ridge, yes, I, I loved my classes. I loved my teachers, but I was lit, I was so excited when that bell rang at the end of the day, not because it meant that I was out of class and going home. It meant that I could go to the gym and I got to do what I love, what I identify with, what makes me feel happy, and that's just gone right now. Jamie Nielsen joining us, head coach of the Oak Ridge Senior Boys Volleyball Team. This is volleyball time of year for boys, junior, and senior, and it's one of those things that isn't taking place. Jamie, do we know anything yet? And It's probably way too early, but you deal with some really high-level athletes. You have athletes come out of Oak Ridge and, and go and play professionally, and now you lose out on a, a senior year, a final year, do we know anything about what that might mean for scholarships or, or Canadian national teams and programs? Well, I've I've got one player that I know signed early with Mac already, and, and Mac's a big deal in uh, Ontario volleyball. Uh, Dave Preston, uh, former former Oak Ridge uh, coach himself, he's he signed one of our guys, Brendan Mills. His parents were actually Olympic athletes, so he's set. But the other guys are up in the air. You know, coaches, university coaches, college coaches, whatever it might be, they really want this fall season to see how guys develop, to see what they, to see what they, what they're bringing. Are their bodies bigger? Are they stronger? Are they smarter from last year when the senior level of play was new to them? What have they learned? Uh, how are they going to progress? And that's not happening. And a lot of them will also use club volleyball as well. Same thing. That's that's not happening right now either. So I know those university coaches are really kind of stuck as to what are they going to do? How, how do you bring in a kid that you don't get to see a whole lot of? You only got to see him when he was a grade 11 or a younger player. You don't know how he's progressed. And even with their own teams, you know, the university situation is an entirely different situation in and of itself. Do they have guys that are going to come back that weren't going to leave? It's everything is up in the air and I don't really know what's going to happen. I, I fear that a lot of kids are going to miss out on some opportunities, but again, we, we just don't know. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, it would be nice to say, hey, in the spring, we'll just play every single sport at the same time. And although some people can be as many as three sport athletes, you'd have to pick one. Uh, that's a, a world of rainbows and unicorns at the moment. I don't know if there's sure. any kind of plan or thought about that. I think that's that's months away from now. I think we've got bigger worries at the moment. But at the same time, uh, here's hoping that uh, the kids can lean on each other. If they can't play that sport, they can uh, they can find a way for that outlet some other place because that outlet is so key in kind of managing some of that stress that goes along with high school, isn't it? Uh, oh, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'll be the first to admit, we're, I'm pretty lucky with the kids that I've got at Oak Ridge. Oak Ridge is in a different situation with, than some other places maybe. But, I, you know, I really feel for the kids that are, are using band, drama, club sport whatever it is that that they really need it as an escape in their life you know if it's an hour a day two hours a day that that they don't have to worry about whatever it else that is that there's going on in their life they feel they need to get away from or escape from again that that's just gone and I'm, I'm, i'm speechless even when i when i just think about it and i cannot imagine what it would be like well, Jamie, sharing your thoughts was helpful, was therapeutic, I think, as tough as this time is. Thanks for sharing them again with us today. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure, Mike. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. And, you know, it's uh, today's a bit of a tough day again because, actually, right now, when I look at the clock, I fully expected to be driving to Fanshawe right now to play in our first tournament of the year. This is the Friday that we play at and play every day, or sorry, every year, and Right about now is when I should be walking into the gym at Fanshawe and uh, getting ready to go. So, yeah, it's another tough one for sure. But and hopefully, the weather, the temperature will work just kind of reminds you of that, doesn't it? You just you just feel it. You just see it. You know. You don't even have to look at a clock or a calendar. You just know. I've caught myself. Actually, I think every day I've caught myself. If I'm at the grocery store or whatever it is I'm doing around four thirty-five o'clock, I've caught myself saying to myself geez, I shouldn't be doing this right now because I'm supposed to be in the gym practicing right now. Jamie, hopefully you and your team are back at some point in the uh, the near-ish future. Let's get a handle on this, and, and we'll get that stuff going again. It's not gone forever, that's for sure. Keep safe, and we'll talk soon. Same to you. Thanks so much, Mike. I really appreciate it, and stay safe. Have a great day. Take care. That's Jamie Thanks, Nielsen. Mike. Jamie is the head coach of Oak Ridge's senior boys volleyball team. And they are they are elite. They are unbelievable. The things that they do year after year against the province's best competition, remarkable. And there are a lot of question marks for a lot of students as to, okay, what does this mean? If you were good enough to play at the next level, what does this mean? And then there are just the things that come with not being able to do that activity you want to do. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it is a club, whether it is the band, whether it is drama and the school play. You start working on that stuff right away, and this year is a whole lot different. All right. When we look out through a window, everything looks okay. It's not too bad at all. However, if you walk outside, you're you're going to feel that little chill in the air. And that little chill could be something more than just little or a chill. You know what we have? We have the dreaded F word in weather hanging over our heads, as if we needed anything else, right? As if we needed anything else, 
We now have Frost. And you know what? Nothing, and movies prove this, nothing comes that is good when we're talking about Frost. Oh, look, Frost. Harry? Are you okay? Oh, yeah. I gotta do this all the time. This is next. Oh, Flick. Oh, Harry. They've taught us so many times never to lick frost off cold metal poles. So hopefully tonight we're not talking about that kind of frost. Usually need a lot more snow, but we may be talking frost. Joining us right now is Global News Chief Meteorologist Anthony Farnell. Anthony, tell us it's not true. (laughs) Well, uh, you don't want to be caught off guard by frost, and that's why they do issue these advisories, because uh, it at least gives you the chance to maybe cover up your plants, bring them in, find out where your ice scraper is for your car, all Mm. of these things. September, right? Yeah. It's early. September, and and it is early. Okay, then we've got to ask the all-important question. If frost comes early, does that mean winter follows closely behind well not necessarily and uh, i know in years past we've talked about uh, second summer indian summer type setup after that first frost and we may see at least some of that even in the next week as the temperature warms up especially tuesday wednesday we're back up into the 20s so uh, if you can somehow manage to to withstand the next two nights because the next two nights are going to be cold then i think uh you're going to have another long stretch that's going to take you likely through the rest of september uh, above zero okay we'll take that we'll definitely take <laughs> that yes please let's talk about how this even forms where does the impetus for frost come from do we have to look way north well, in this case, yeah, this is an area of high pressure that's come from the far north of Canada. It's also helped to clear the sky out. The blue skies are back after what was a week of, of haziness and smoke from those western fires. So at least that's the good news. The air is clear once again, but it's those clear skies and low humidity levels and tonight light winds that really um, affect the valley locations most. And cold air likes to sink down to the lowest points around. So if you're typically prone to frost, you're going to probably see it tonight. And maybe if you're in the middle of, say, downtown London, you may just get off with a temperature slightly above zero. Okay, so cover the plants and anything that you want to keep going just to keep them safe, just in case. Anthony Farnell joins us, Global News Chief Meteorologist, as we do talk about frost. Anthony, how far does this stretch into the weekend? There's tonight, of course. Could we see a risk overnight Saturday or overnight even Sunday? Yeah, I think Saturday for sure we'll see uh, those frost advisories remain in place. Similar temperatures, maybe a degree warmer um, there are some areas that, that may get down to minus two tonight, and uh, that would actually set records. Even London, I think we're gonna we're gonna set a record with that low temperature tonight. Actually, let me just check. What do we have? Yeah, tomorrow morning, one point seven from nineteen seventy three. That is the record where where I guess not rooting for but i think we'll beat that one and then uh, by sunday night it starts to warm up so a lot of sun that's the good news the sun will be with us this weekend through next week a nice dry stretch of uh, of september weather on the way 
Well, that's good. That at least is good. Do we know much about winter yet? I know you just put out the fall models recently, and you know what? They, they didn't look too, too bad. When do we expect to hear a little bit more about winter so that we can start thinking about, oh, here it comes, winter tires? <laughs> yeah, I, we still thankfully have a, have a long way to go for that, and I actually think we'll see a, a rebound when it comes to uh, above-normal temperatures for the month of October, and even November looks pretty mild, and probably through the winter we're not going to see as many uh, deep cold stretches but on the flip side i do think we're going to uh, be encountering quite a bit of snow ice rain as uh, it looks to be an active storm track so that's just a, a sneak preview i i don't generally issue these forecasts till november and there's a reason for that because when we look at these long range patterns they're they're likely to change and fall is, is known as this transition season obviously so things can change in in a hurry isn't that what's fun about weather i mean as much as we don't we like to complain about it and we don't like to know that it changes and we always like to get calls in our newsroom well we get calls in our newsroom of people saying i've got to do this at four o'clock tomorrow what's the weather going to be like is it going to be 16 degrees is it going to be raining then and every newsroom anywhere gets those calls but you know what it's still very interesting very fun to follow it and anthony you always make it extra fun so please keep doing that thanks so much for the update Oh, I appreciate it, and uh, enjoy the afternoons if you're uh, scared of that F word. We can avoid uh, sleeping maybe tomorrow morning. Take care, Mike. <laughs> That's it. You've got it, Anthony. If we sleep long enough, the frost will be gone. There you go. I think I Love the idea. Solve the mystery. <laughs> tomorrow is the day to sleep in. Mark that down. Tomorrow, turn off your alarm if you don't have to be up and working anywhere, and if you sleep in long enough... I don't know how long we've got to sleep in because, as Anthony says, we're going to threaten that 1.1 degree record that was set back in 1973. But looks as though if if you sleep at least till nine, it might be around six degrees. If you sleep till ten, could be as high as nine. We're going to take a break. Anthony, thanks so much for being here. All right, take care, Mike. That's Anthony Farnell, Global News Chief Meteorologist. If we go back to 1977, four years after that record low was set overnight tonight, we have ourselves a guy named Ken Linsman, who you might remember, played a lot in the National Hockey League, especially for the Boston Bruins. He was known as the Rat. He was a lot like a a Brad Marchand-type guy, where he got under your skin, but he was still really good, which made him extra frustrating. And Ken Linsman, even before he got into the National Hockey League, was responsible for something that changed the game of hockey. He challenged the draft. The WHA still existed at that point, and the National Hockey League. And in order to be drafted, you had to be 20 years old. And Linsman decided he would challenge that. He signed with the Birmingham Bulls at the age of 19. And there were London Knights that went off and signed with the Birmingham Bulls. They became known as the Baby Bulls, and eventually the draft age ended up being brought down to 18. Well, there's a new class action lawsuit out there, and part of it, it it does a lot of things. It's a massive thing. It's $850 million large, and it's been filed by Kobe Moore, 
And he played junior hockey, but even if you are a London Knights fan or follow the OHL, you're not going to recognize his name. He's from Lloydminster, Alberta, and he played four years in the Western Hockey League. And among all of the things that are usually brought up in these class actions, like players deserve to be paid, one of the things that is questioned here is players who play in major junior not being able to go to the East Coast Hockey League, now known as the ECHL, because it's not so East Coast anymore, or the American Hockey League at the age of 18 if they've played major junior hockey. And Major Junior looks at players as student-athletes, and there are a lot of benefits that come with the career that they have. And teams look after those players. They look after room and board, and they look after food, and they're paid a stipend that winds up being some gas money and those sorts of things. But are they paid professionally? No. But if you add in all of the things that are there for them, it's awfully difficult to picture a world in which you would have a player paid and have things still work out as well as they do. Because ultimately, we're talking about 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20-year-old individuals. Now, the question of Kobe Moore saying, should players be allowed to play in the ECHL or the American Hockey League if they're not playing major junior, I think deserves some context in all of this because it sounds pretty cut and dried when really it isn't. If you were to say, okay, well, should a player not be able to leave major junior hockey at the age of, let's take Kobe's example, 18, and go and play in the ECHL or the American Hockey League? Should they not be able to just go and do that? They want to go and make some money. They should be allowed to go and make some money. All right, you can have that argument, but here's the counter-argument to that. If you know what it would be like to play in those leagues if you were as young as 18 years old, you have teammates who are looking at you as being a young player like that trying to take their job when they are trying to feed a family or stay in the game long enough to make a career out of it, there would be some instant animosity among teammates for young players going to try and do this. And that would be in a perfect world. I would be willing to guess that there would be very few people who would be able to actually go and make an American Hockey League roster at 18 years old instead of playing Major Junior. That's not going to happen. In the ECHL, you're not making a ton of money. I mean, to play in the American Hockey League, you're making 60000 70000 50000 Sure, you could argue, okay, that's, that's an amount of money that would be very good for an 18-year-old, but at the same time, what are you doing to this player's development? What are you doing not just to the player's development, to the person's development? Because ultimately, here's what you have to boil away. Very few people who play major junior hockey are going to play professionally are going to play professionally in the way that they will set themselves up for life. It's not going to happen. Very, very few. So Major Junior Hockey spends a lot of time more concerned about the players as people and how they're going to be people in the community 
going forward. If you are able to go and play professionally, hey, fantastic. Go and try it out. A lot of guys will go and maybe play a year in Europe, or they might play a year in the ECHL. You have to be really, really good to play in the American Hockey League, and certainly you have to be elite to play in the National Hockey League. But some of them will be able to do that. Many of them will wind up playing university or maybe finishing out their career and then taking the money that they earn through the scholarship program that exists and going to post-secondary. And then they don't become professional hockey players. They become who they are going to become. And it's pretty remarkable to watch that play out and the lessons that they learn. There are times in our lives, if we go through something, it is going to strengthen you. And it is going to make you as you go forward in life. And it can be a very trying time, or it can be an experience. And if you are able to step onto the ice playing major junior hockey, and you are able to deal with some of the scrutiny that comes, some of the pressure that comes, some of the you-have-to-perform that comes, you're going to be able to do a lot of things in life because you'll draw on that experience and say, you know what, I played in a game seven in the OHL. And I was able to do what I had to do, win or lose it. I was able to play. I was able to, when that puck dropped, my feet moved. I played. You're going to be able to draw on that and say, yeah, so this thing that I'm dealing with right now, no sweat. I can get that done. And there's a lot of that that exists. This lawsuit and many others like it seem to paint junior hockey teams. And let me grab a a little quote from what it's calling the NHL and Major Junior, an unlawful conspiracy arrangement or agreement. And that's that's just not accurate. That's just not accurate in any way. Nobody is conspiring to do anything. In fact, opportunities exist that you wouldn't believe because you have to figure if you are playing for a Major Junior team, the owners of that team are typically incredibly well-connected in a community. And if they can help you in any way, they're going to. And it doesn't have to be hockey. They're going to help you. The education package is incredibly helpful. Talk to anybody who has made use of it. We should get somebody on the air. We haven't done that in a while. Because we should get somebody on the air who has finished using their education package and talk about what that has meant to them. I was talking with the dad of a former player. I don't want to single him out, but this was roughly a year ago. And he said, you know what that package allowed my son to do? It allowed him to basically get five years of university. And he now is going to have his master's in business. He has six or seven job offers. He has the head on his shoulders to be ready for that experience. He said without what he did in Major Junior, that may not happen. And now he's in a position where, yeah, it does happen. So I look at these class action lawsuits, and any player who joins it, you're welcome to But let's think back and think about what this is all about, what you were getting into in the first place, what you agreed to in the first place. This is not, oh, I'm not happy with my team or whatever it might be. I should go to another league. I should be able to go to another league. I wouldn't want to risk the mental health of 18-year-olds who would have to be hanging out with and traveling on long bus rides with players who are 23, 24, 25 years old, some of them starting families. That would be very difficult. You know what it gets when you're on a long bus trip? It gets dark. 
it gets really, really dark. And if you have friends around you, as you do in Major Junior, then that darkness isn't so bad. If you're all by yourself, then that darkness envelops you. And I wouldn't want to put anybody through that. And I really hope that the lawyers who are involved in something like this class action lawsuit have thought that kind of thing out. Because if you want to battle and if you want to try and win and if you believe that a 16-year-old should be earning a paycheck that equates to whatever tens of thousands of dollars a year and we're supposed to believe that that's going to make things better because now would they even be able to live with a billet family? Would they have any sort of guidance with that money? Would they have an education package? Would they be able to keep the money that they're earning and put it into an education fund? I mean, these are things that are done automatically because a lot of these players and people are so young that it needs to be done that way. And it is. This system works for a reason. So to challenge it, in my mind, is risky. And I hope that anybody involved in this class action lawsuit thinks that out in its entirety before they sign on the dotted line to participate. You've been listening to the London Live Podcast. Catch the show live on weekdays from 1 to 3.